0: Good. Whoa, whoa. You are good. You are good. The fire inside Today, today, and tomorrow. I can trust you. Lord. There's no shadow. In you. I can trust no you, Lord. I can rest in your goodness. I can trust.
1: It's just us. you it again. Take. Oh, take me back home to the place where I belong. It's in your presence. It's in your presence. I could sit here all day long. Oh, together.
2: Jesus, Jesus, we honor you.
3: I am breaking the walls. I am breaking the walls of oppression. I am breaking the walls of oppression off of this church, off of this family, off of every person, off of every family member in this church. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. God.
4: Yeah, Yeah, it's Deliverance Day. Um, The wise man in the house, one of the wisest men in the house, his initials are DD. Anyway, he said this to us in a small group in the back. He said, help me, Jesus. You know what, Kath? It's like this. Anything good is from God and anything bad is from the enemy. It's that simple. I love that. It's that simple. You know what? That was life-changing for me in so, every area, every area, every area. It was life-changing for me. And God is saying today, this is Deliverance Day. If you're in this house, you're standing here for you. You're standing here for your mate. You're standing here for your family. You're standing here for whatever. You're standing here, and this is Deliverance Day. This is Deliverance Day, and I believe the Lord is touching so many of you, but I, I have a picture in my head during during worship, and here's the deal. You guys, there's no room for pride anymore at the church. There's no room for it. It is the anti-God state of mind. It's the anti-God state of mind. Anybody want pride? No. No, he's breaking pride off of the church first. And any fear that ever comes, the root of of fear, the root of pride is fear. So he has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound, well-balanced and self-disciplined mind. But I'll tell you what, you guys, I'm stepping out. There are a few of you, God is delivering you today. He's delivering you today. I saw it. I am going to walk out and I'm going to touch you and please there's no 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 pride there's no room for pride just receive because uh I heard it's over if you're standing here and you've been battling anything that is a recurring thing that has been lifelong that is generational whatever if you don't even know about that it's okay but it's it's it's, it's generational. They call it hereditary. No, it's a generational curse. It's over. It's over. Kind of like COVID. It's over. It's over. It's over. It's over. And I, and I got to tell you this. There are so many godly men in this house. So many godly women. You guys, it is time to grab on for whatever reason. You know, whatever reason that you haven't just said, Gone to somebody that is older in the faith, that's been there, done that. Somebody that you look up to, somebody that you're comfortable to, you know, ask God, pray about it, whatever. Grab on, you guys. I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't care. I am not walking on eggshells today. We have Pastor Steve here, Papa of the house, right? We have Dave Drexler. I'll tell you what, there are men in this room that have rocked Rick and i's world, <laughs> rocked it. Corky you are Jesus with skin on you are Jesus Christ with skin on Chuck same for you Jesus Christ with skin on don't be offended if I don't say this is just our little world but these guys we would not have made it we wouldn't have Ask either one of us, ask our family. We wouldn't have made it. God brought us here. There's a story behind that. The enemy, whoo, did he try to keep us from here? He tried hard for many years, actually. Every time we were going to come here, voice of the enemy through somebody that we knew and loved and trusted. Wow. Anyway, I'm going to just step out. Can I just step out?
2: Okay. Okay. Yep. You just go ahead and I'll just declare. We just declare deliverance today in the name of Jesus. We declare deliverance in the house. We thank you, God, that you're setting people free. Thank you, God. You are here. Your presence is here. And that's what your presence comes to do. It comes to set people free. Thank you. You just grab hold of deliverance. If you need deliverance today, just grab hold of it, okay? Amen. And grab hold. Difference for your family, for your family members. You know, there was a, a scripture that came to me today. And um, I didn't just It's in Psalms 23. And it says, So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through... I'll return to your glorious presence to be with you forever. So here we have the presence of God. This is the family of God. And we're in his presence. But why would we fear a future? Because we're just going back. We're going to heaven. And there's just more of this there. (laughs) A lot more of this there. So we don't have to. Fear the future. And in Luke, it says that he's come to set our hearts on fire. And the fire of God, we talked about that. The song said the glory of God is going to fill the whole earth. But it's coming through us. It's coming as we worship. And that's why it's so important that we worship together today. And we release the presence of God. So, amen. It's so good to be with the family of God today. And I thank God for what he's already doing in this house today. So, um, with that, we're online, we, we bless everybody who's joined us today, and, ju- and bless the family of God. So, um, right now, we want you to greet your neighbor, give some, give some love out. <laughs> Hello. Well, it's so wonderful, we get to have the kids come and join us for a little while here. That's awesome. Welcome, kids. How are y'all? Welcome. <laughs> well, it's so good to be in the house of God today. Um, I'm going to receive the offering. This is a great time. It is our time to give, uh, to give back to God and to show our gratitude. You know, I used to, when I was asked to take the offering ever, I go, I never want to do that because I don't like asking people for money. But, you know, I realized, we know all over in the scripture it tells that God is a giving God. He tells us to give. And that's his way of, one of his ways of blessing you back. So why would I want to withhold that from you? It's, it's God's way. It says, give and it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, shaken together. And it's with a heart of gratitude. If we give back to him, we open up a way for him to give back to us. So really, if, I'm just, if I don't ask you and share about giving, I'm actually stealing from you. I'm actually keeping the word back. I'm keeping the truth back from you. This is God's way of blessing you. Everybody knows you plant a seed of corn, and I just looked it up. You get 800 kernels on an ear of corn, at least, 500 to 1,200. God is in the multiplication business. And so when you plant that seed, I'm asking God today to bless you back, to give back, to pour out on you. So I'm giving you an opportunity right now to be blessed. (laughs) And I know we all want to be blessed. So um, if you would prepare your, if anybody needs an offering envelope to put um, your, so you can get a receipt. um, The ushers have that for you. And so now we're going to bless this offering, and then they, they're going to pass the buckets. But we have a special, special thing for you guys today. Um, because of all of the COVID and everything, we had a special song from some guys that were going to sing an Easter song. So you're going to get an Easter song today. <laughs> so, and it's going to be awesome. I love hearing guys' voices. And I've, for a long time, I thought, I wish we had a guy's choir. Because it sounds so awesome to hear God's guys singing that praise. Don't you think? Like it's just a strong voice honoring God. And so you're going to be blessed today. So let's just bless the offering. And they'll, as they pass the buckets, we're going to have a special song today. So Lord, we just thank you for all your goodness to us. Lord, <clears throat> we just can't. We can't thank you enough. We're so grateful. God, we're just like... We're just like a speck in comparison to the universe. We're like a speck, and yet you honor us so much. You honor, you died for us, and you have placed us in your heart. You know the hairs, every hair on our head, God. We are so special in your eyes, and we just thank you for all you've done for us. Now, we just bless you back, and I thank you that your blessing... The givers abundantly, those who don't have, I thank you, giving them something to give. In Jesus' name, we just bless them now abundantly. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Bum,
1: he is risen, bum, bum. just as he said. Mm. quickly he, now, now go, tell go tell his disciples that, that Jesus, Jesus Christ is, is no longer dead. dead. He is no longer Joy dead to, to the world. He is risen, ba-ba-bum. hallelujah. Ba-ba-bum. He's risen, ba-ba-bum. hallelujah. Jesus Christ is no longer dead. risen, risen, risen from the bum 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 bum. He's risen. risen from the
3: special thanks to Stacy Bomia. She led that and put it all together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going we're going to dismiss the kids. Boy, thanks so much for coming in here, you guys. You know, a lot of times why right, we don't realize this, but man, we have a really great children's church in back. Covers every age of child up to 12 years old. They have a great time back there. And uh Boy, they, they learn about having a relationship with Jesus Christ. So, man, as we can start, I'd like to just thank everybody for coming to church today. Man, this, this service is a whole lot better because you're here. And, and I'd like to thank the folks online for watching. And, um, and, boy, you know, you folks online, if you ever get up this way, this area, why, man, please stop in. We'll make you feel right at home here at Destiny Church. And, and I, you know, I wanted to start out and just say this. Um, I, I'm, I'm so thankful, you, you know, like Sam talked about the changes. I, I'm so thankful, and I'm so proud to be a part of a church that takes the Great Commission seriously. You, you know, Jesus said, go into all the world, preach the gospel to everyone, everywhere. But the thing is, if you're going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, you've got to do it with, with excellence. And, you know, we have multiple times as many people that watch our services online as attend our services and so that's what these lights are about, to make that presentation better so that people will receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, um, and you know, with saying that, I, 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 I never name names of people because I always leave somebody out. But, you know, we have people in our church that have worked tirelessly for years to make our online uh, services work and put it together and make it excellent. And, boy, I just want to publicly thank those people right now uh, I, I mean, I, th- I think that's such a big deal um, as far as reaching people. Of course, the world is a potential with that. And then, and then also, I just want to thank God, you know, the, the media company that we had come in and do our sound and do our lights. I mean, they are one of the best in the business. I mean, l- literally, they're in demand all over the world. But God sent them here to rural Minnesota. I mean, that's favor yeah. that we got. And, and well, I just thank God for that. And I, and I thank them folks for being willing to do that. And so, and so this morning, we're going to have a message about one morning in the ministry of Jesus. Would you agree with me in prayer? And then we'll, uh, we'll get on with the message. We'll have about a half an hour of fun in the Word, okay? In Jesus' name, we just agree together right now. And we just stand on that guarantee that you gave Jesus that any time your Word was preached, that you'd follow it with signs, so we expect tangible signs that come from the preaching of your word this morning. We're ready to receive them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, you know Jesus presented God as a perfect, loving Father. And, and you know, a, a perfect, loving Father wants His sons and daughters to live uh, the sa- enjoy the same great lifestyle as He does. In fact, uh, in, in, in fact, an earthly father uh, that's just healthy wants their children to live better than them. Uh, with God, that's impossible because he lives the best. You can't live any better. But, but that's what God wants for you and I. I mean, I, I, I mean that's why, you know, over in, in Isaiah 55, uh, 9 through 13, why God says this. He says, um, I want you to live just like me. And if you would think like me, you could enjoy the same lifestyle that I live. And so to make that happen, I'm going to constantly send my word down and and anyone that receives my word in any area of their life. And and you know that word, uh, we translate. Of course, the first covenant was written in Hebrew. The second covenant, uh, the New Testament, was written in Greek. Um, We translate that word that was used there, uh, receive. But... Boy, in the Hebrew language and also in the Greek language, that's not a passive word. It's an aggressive word. To be, be really closer to they take. God sends his word and people that will take it in any area of their life, even if they got weeds growing there, why, it'll turn into good productive crop going in that area. And, and, and then God makes this statement. He says, and so when people do this, and they start to live like me, that's how I'm going to fill the earth with my glory because everybody will see how good my sons and daughters have it, how the great lifestyle they enjoy, and they'll want my word also. And so, so, I, so I think right now, um, I, I'm, I'm going I'm to talk about receiving, taking. See, we're not taking it from God. He's already sent it out. We're taking it, what he has already sent out, and applying it in our own life. I'm, I'm going to talk about that because, you know, there's a, you know, a few years ago, why three-fifths of the world's population were born-again Christians. Now it's over two-thirds. Well, if two-thirds, I mean, we need to work on this receiving thing. Because if two-thirds of the earth's people were living like God, why, we'd have a lot less dysfunction on earth than we do. So, so I, I think that's an important thing. But um, so, I'm so I'm going to go over to a morning in the ministry of Jesus. Um, you know, Jesus uh, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There's there's 19 miracles or acts of Jesus that I recorded. Uh, you know, and, and they a lot of them are recorded in several of the books. Um, uh, there, uh, and not just one. But, but John makes this statement. He says, "If all the events, all the things that Jesus did were written, written down, the books couldn't hold uh, all the things he did. So, so that tells me that those 19 miracles of Jesus are there as an example. And, that, and, that it, and, 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 and we're going to talk about three of them. But, and they're there because if we would do the things that those people did... Because they all wanted something from God. And if you're here today, you want something from God. I know, I know you do. Everybody, everybody does because we all could go higher. We all could live better. Things could be better. We all want something from God. But if we do the things that those people did, we get the same results that they got. Does that make sense, everybody? So um, so, so, I picked this out. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to make this into a story so it's easier to grab a hold of. So, so, um, so Jesus' hometown was in Capernaum. Let me just talk a little bit about Jesus to start with. Now now, now Jesus didn't live in Capernaum just because he liked it there. He didn't live there because they, they tried to kill him in, in, in Nazareth where he grew up. But he read Isaiah and he located himself in Isaiah. And it said that the Messiah would live in Capernaum. So he bought a house in Capernaum. Right, it's right on the Sea of Galilee. In fact, if you enter to Capernaum they, today, they dug up the foundation of that house that Jesus owned, is still, is still there in Capernaum. And they know it's Jesus' house. The reason they know is because it's the biggest house in the town. Well, now, that wasn't an accident either. If you read on in Isaiah, it talks about the Messiah living in Capernaum, but he's going to do a lot of teaching and preaching there. It it, it says, in fact, a great light will come out of Capernaum. That was his teaching and preaching. So he bought a house that served as an auditorium also. I I mean, think, you know, that that, uh, you're probably all familiar with that story of the the paralyzed man that they made a hole in the roof and lowered him down on a stretcher. Because Jesus was preaching in the house and it was plumb full. You couldn't get in the day. Well, that was Jesus' house. And, and imagine what that must have looked like. Jesus is in the living room preaching. The people are so crowded you couldn't get in the door. And dust starts falling down on his head. And he looks up and, and here they made a hole in his roof. And they're lowering the, the fellow down. Jesus starts to laugh and he says, cheer up, son. Your sins are forgiven. I mean, that, that, that's really the way that happened. That was in his house. And, and so he had this big house in Capernaum where he would preach regularly and the people would come there. And so, uh, and so he did that once again because he, he located himself in Isaiah and he wanted the results that Isaiah talked about for the Messiah, so he did the things that was said there. You know, so what did Jesus preach? That wasn't an accident what he preached either. He found what the Messiah would preach in Isaiah 61. So, so he, pre- he, he would preach like this. I mean, he spent three and a half years. I mean, we think he just went around and did miracles, put hands on people. But everywhere he went, he taught and preached, sometimes all day long. I mean, be, and then he'd lay hands on people after their faith was built up to a level to receive what they wanted from God. So, so, you know, Isaiah 61. This is the Messiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. You know, tell them how to have enough, more than enough, uh, to heal the brokenhearted, set captives free, open the eyes of the blind, you know, uh, lift up the downtrodden, freeing them from their oppressors, announce that today is the day of salvation and the day when the free favors of God are profusely abounding to anyone that will call on his name. So every time Jesus preached, which was all the time for three and a half years, why, that was the foundation of his message. So, and, and, you know, this is so, um, you know, I, I think there's something in that, what Jesus was doing, locating himself in scripture. Because, you know, even at his crucifixion, you ever think when he, when he was hanging on the cross, ready to die, I mean, why would he say, Father, why have you forsaken me? He knew, all, he knew that was going to happen. He knew he was going to become sin and he'd be separated from the Father. Well, he did that because he locked into Psalms 22. Because that Psalms 22 tells what, was, what the Messiah was going to do the next three days when he was in the pit of hell. And he's going to take the keys of death and hell, spoil principalities and powers, basically blow hell up. And he wanted to do that. So he wanted those results. So, he, so Psalms 22 starts out, Father, why have you forsaken me? And see, I think he, did, he, was, he came to show what the Father was like, but also to be an example for you and I. I mean, he would always call himself the son of man, not the son of God. He did that because he was saying, whatever you see me do, any born again man or woman can do. That's why he did that. And so so I think there's something there. I, I think if you and I want something from God, we need to locate ourselves in the Scripture, locate that promise, that guarantee where that is, and put ourselves in there and start saying that, just like Jesus did, my God, my God, why have they forsaken me? And then we'll get the results that the Scripture says. I mean, that's simply what Jesus did. So now, so now but this particular day I'm talking about, uh, th- there's, there's uh, three separate incidents that we call miracles, uh, uh, actually, um, the, the one, they involve more than one person, some of them. But, but Jesus is returning to Capernaum. I mean, in, in this morning. See, see, Jesus is real. He's not like Santa Claus or some spiritual idea. He had a very real life. That's why I'm telling you the story like this. So he comes to his hometown of Capernaum. Now, he had, been go- he had spent the last two nights sailing across the Sea of Galilee. The first night, when he was on the Capernaum side of Galilee, he, he left there. He had ministered to a large crowd of people, full day. They were tired out, but they started across the Sea of Galilee to get to the Gadarenes, because there was a demon-possessed man there that had asked God for help, and God sent Jesus over there to help that man get delivered. And and so Jesus started sailing across the Sea of Galilee, and Satan was so intent on keeping that man bound that he sent a storm but, of course, there's nothing going to stop Jesus. So you know that story. He stilled a storm. And they went on, and they landed in the Gadarenes, and that demon-possessed man saw him, and he, somehow or another, someone had told him enough about Jesus that he recognized this is Jesus the Messiah. And even though he was possessed by at least 2,000 devils, out of his human will, he knelt down and worshipped Jesus, and that got his deliverance. Amen. And so the rest of that day, while Jesus preached in in the Gadarenes there. But the people didn't want him to stay any longer. The whole thing made them nervous and they lost a couple thousand head of hogs. And so he had to get back on the boat and sail across uh, the Sea of Galilee that night. They sailed all night again. Well, when he got back to Capernaum, I'm sure he was looking forward to getting home and relaxing. But waiting on the docks in Capernaum was this large crowd of people. And... In that, at the head of that crowd was Jesus' neighbor, Jairus. Jairus was the leader of the local synagogue and lived just a few doors down from Jesus. So he was his friend, his neighbor. This is an interesting thing. The, the synagogue that Jairus was the leader of you know, that was a synagogue that was built by the Roman centurion that was stationed in Capernaum and he built that synagogue so Jesus could preach there. He had heard Jesus preach and he wanted the people there to hear what Jesus had to say. So Jairus would have Jesus come and preach in his synagogue and, um, and, and, and then Jairus would come and hear Jesus when he preached in his home auditorium too. So J- Jairus had gotten a lot of word while Jesus was in Capernaum. And, and, and that's why he was there at the dock. He met Jesus. And, and I think it's very important what he said. See each. You know like I said. All of these miracles of Jesus. they they all, the, the same principles are in all 19 of them. The people did basically the same thing. To get what they wanted from God. And that's why I say. If we do those same things. God's no respecter person. We'd get what we want from God. So. Uh, so anyhow, J- Jairus is there, and he's heard enough word from Jesus. His faith is built up to a point that his daughter, his 12-year-old daughter, was home at the point of death. And he, but he sees Jesus, and, and all it records that he says is, um, if you come with me and lay your hand on my daughter, she'll recover. Now that's the only thing Jairus said it's not said that Jesus said anything either. They just started for Jairus' house. Now, now, the, the, the way they did things at that time, the, the, the re- local rabbi, the leader would, uh, of the synagogue, would live in a house attached to the back of the synagogue. So the Roman centurion built Jairus a house too, and he lived right at the synagogue just on the way to Jesus' house. So... So Jairus and this great crowd of people thronging around Jesus, they were walking to Jairus' house. And I'm sure they, um, you know, they, they were going along pretty good. But uh, between the docks and the synagogue, Jairus's house, th- there lived a woman. We call in the Bible the woman with the issue of blood. And the reason we call her that is she had some problem with her reproductive organs that caused her to Um, I'll say this all very delicately as I can. She was in a constant menstrual cycle, bleeding, but she had been dealing with this for 12 years, and by this time she was hemorrhaging. I mean, she she was ready to die at that time. And she had been housebound for 12 years with this thing because uh, they had some really crazy laws there, and I mean, don't ask me why they did all this stuff, but if if a woman that was in their menstrual cycle was seen in public, why they'd think they should stone her. So she's been in her house. So she hadn't had a chance to get to Jesus' auditorium or to the synagogue, but she had to have some friends that were telling her what Jesus had been saying as he was teaching and preaching. Because she went around her house sitting in her house, saying to herself, if I can only touch the hem of Jesus' garment, I'll be made whole. I'll be healed. If I can only touch the hem. She kept saying that. Now, the, the whole, uh, you know, to us, the hem of a garment has no meaning, but to those people it did. Jesus was a rabbi also. And rabbis would wear these shawls. that the, They would end about at their chest, and then they'd have strings that hung down with gemstones on that represented every one of the tribes of um, of Israel, the 12 tribes of Israel, and and they thought there was anointing on that cloth. But she, so she put all that together, Jesus being the rabbi, that'd be the place she'd want to touch. But but she had faith that if she could touch his garment, but of course, a big problem, she couldn't get out of the house. I mean, she's at the point where she goes out walking around, she'd actually bleed to death. That was the one thing. And then the other thing was that Jairus, the leader of the synagogue, was right there next to Jesus and he'd be the one that would decide if they should stone her or not when she went out. But it didn't matter. she had been heard this and saying it long enough that when she saw Jesus go by, she says, this is the day. Whatever happens, I'm going I'm to act on this faith I got. And she went out her door and she pressed through that crowd enough to touch G, the hem of Jesus' garment. Well, he's got whole crowd of people thronging uh, touching him, bumping into him but he stops immediately and he said who touched who touched me? see one person with faith <laughs> one person with faith get a hold of Jesus and that's all it takes and she had faith because virtue healing had went out of him and she immediately was healed see she thought that she'd do that and then just kind of sneak back in the house healed and not have to make a stir with gyrus and uh, take the chance of getting stoned—the whole thing. I mean, she thought she'd go back, but—but but no, virtue had went out of Jesus, and 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 he wanted the people to know it, so he had her testify, say all that she did. So she told all this—that you know she had this problem, she'd, and she and she she was a wealthy woman to start with, but she had twelve years going to doctors to get this fixed, and all of her money was gone now which was a major problem in that culture if unmarried woman with no money. And then, but she was worse. I mean, they had, the treatment they had given her made her worse than she initially started. So she told all that, but then she was healed. And then, but Jesus said this to her. But well, first, I, let's think what she did. She heard Enough about Jesus and what he was doing that her faith started to grow. See, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. She started saying what she heard in the word. She, if I just touched the hem of his garment, I'd be healed. She said it long enough that she took action on it, put action to what she is saying. And then uh, it, it doesn't say. And then she testified. It doesn't say this, but I know from what Jesus said next that. Because of Mark 11, that she also forgave the doctors that had harmed her instead of helped her and took all her money. Because Jesus made this statement, He said, "Daughter, go in peace." Or he would have said, "Shalom, nothing missing, bro- nothing broken. Go in peace, for your faith has made you whole." Did Jesus make her whole? The anointing, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The anointing made her whole. No, it was her faith in the anointing. Everybody in that crowd had needs that day. She's the one that touched Jesus with her faith that she had purposely built up to receive. And then she was made whole. She wasn't just healed. To be made whole, it means everything was fixed. In that culture for a woman, it would have meant she got all her money back. That process started when Jesus said, daughter, you've been made whole. She found a man and had children. That's what that would have meant in that culture. And that process started that day because she had built her faith up enough at a point to receive from Jesus. So, so, so that was her. And, and once again, all these things are there as an example. God's no respecter of persons. We do the same thing as these people did. There's a guarantee we get the same results. So, but, so then, though, but man, this story, but half done yet, the, 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 some messengers came from Jairus's house and said, yeah, don't, don't trouble Jesus anymore, your daughter died. Now, now, Jairus, he had his faith built up enough to get the, his daughter healed. I mean, he said, if you just come and lay your hands on her, she'll be restored. But boy, here here was the challenge right here. Because think of this, the only thing Jairus had said so far, his faith talked. And he said that, Jesus, if you come to my home, put your hand on my daughter. She'll be uh, restored. Now she's dead. As soon as those messengers said that, Jesus stared at Jairus. You know, and, 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 and I, I try to imagine what that look was like. You know, over in Revelations, why Jesus is described as, as eyes of fire. I think that's what Jairus said there because the, the little girl's life was at stake right here. If Jairus would have responded to the messengers... It would have been over for the little girl. But he didn't. He didn't say a word. Jesus said, he looked at him, and he said, Stop the fear. Believe only. Don't say a word. And he didn't. They just started walking towards the house. Boy, a lot of times, I, I don't know about you, but, you know, I got my faith built up to receive, and then another circumstance happens that's worse than the last and it's so easy to agree with the negative report. But it's all on the line right there. It, it, re, it really is. See, what, what this is showing is how the kingdom of God works. So, so anyway, Jairus didn't say n- nothing more. He just left it at what he first said on the dock. And they walked to his house. And, and, and something happened when they got to the house in the back of the synagogue, too. It was, you know, relatives, friends, neighbors there bringing casseroles over. Balling and squalling about the little girl dead in the next room. And Jesus comes in and he kicks them all out. All those people, he, he kicks them all out. Because of the unbelief. And, and you know, there's something there too. If you want to receive from God and you got people around you that are saying things that are negative, that challenge your faith, boy, it's just time to, you need to separate. I mean you know, pick that relationship back up when they're in a better place. But in the meantime, you you can't be surrounded by those voices of unbelief. Jesus kicked them all out. He kept Peter, James, and John, and and, and Jairus and his wife, and they went in, and it was just exactly what Jairus said. Jesus took the girl by the hand, picked her right up, and she alive. See, it didn't matter one thing to the anointing if she was sick or if she was dead. It's all the same to Jesus. That's the way it is. With Nothing's impossible with God. There's no circumstance anybody is in today that God can't fix. The question is, are we going to do the same thing as these folks did? But, But anyhow, so now the girl's alive. And I'm sure, you know, Jesus' house is just a few doors down now. And I'm sure he's thinking... Boy, that's good that, that, that my, my lounge chair is looking pretty good right now. I mean, he'd been, been sleeping on the boat for two nights. But so he gets outside the house, and here's two blind guys that have been waiting outside the house for him. And as soon as they see him, why they start saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. Son of David, have mercy on us. See, they had been around and heard Jesus preaching to the point where they had faith that he was the Messiah. And they knew Isaiah 61. See, the, these Jewish people, they knew the Old Testament, and they knew that, that one of the things the Messiah did, the, the anointing was on him to open blind eyes. And so they, they followed Jesus right into his house. Like I said, he's just a few doors down, and, and he turns to them, do you believe that, that I can make you see being the Messiah? And he said, yes, we do. And he said, well, your faith just got your sight. And they both could see. They went away. That's one morning in the ministry of Jesus. But the reason I'm telling you all that stuff is once again, God has no respecter of persons. That's the way the kingdom of God works. You know, God is not a mystery. Amen. The word is so clear. If you want to receive something from God today, it's yours, but you need to take it. Just like that woman that was reaching for the hem of Jesus' garment, pressing through the crowd, even though she was at the she was dying while she was doing it, you need to take it. Sometimes it takes intensity, and 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 you know this morning, I mean, right right in the, the folks listening to us online, folks in this room right here. I mean, you might have, I mean, you might be saying, well, you know, I, I don't have that kind of close relationship with God. And I said, who told you that? It wasn't God. God says that you are a joint heir with Jesus Christ. When God said about Jesus, this is my much-loved son in whom I'm well pleased, that's what he was saying about you, son or daughter. That's the way your relationship with God is. Why don't you lock into that? And why don't you say that? Man, me and God, you know, or, or or maybe you're here today and you're you're challenged finance, financially. You say, "Well, I'm man, I'm broke." Well, who told you that? Yeah. God didn't. He said that Jesus bore our lack and made us rich with His riches, and He's got it all. Why don't we say that? Yeah. Why don't we lock into that, and then we could start living it out? Just like the woman with the issue of blood, she heard about Jesus. She heard about the miracles. Nothing changed. She started saying, if I can only touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. Nothing changed. But when she got the chance to get out the door and do it, and she did it, her entire life changed. But she kept saying, you know, know, maybe you're here and you're dealing with some health issues, health problems. You say, well, man, I I got this challenge. I'm sick. Who told you that? God didn't say that. He said, "You've already been healed." Why don't you and I say that, and then things would start to change the way we want them to change? I'm going to call the band up now, and um, boy, why don't you guys stand up with me? We're going to we're going to worship a song with the band here. But while we're doing that, you know, it'll be like three or five minutes. Why don't you think of what you want from God? See, God sees you and me. And he pours out his word so that we'll start to think like him so we can enjoy the same lifestyle that he's living. That's a lifestyle everybody wants. Why don't you think about what it is you want from God today? And, 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 and when these guys are done, when we're done worshiping with this song, we're going to pray together. Okay? I What is it that you need from God today? What is it that you want? Why not you right now think of a place in Scripture where God guarantees to meet that need. He's, he's already poured it out. He needs us to take a hold of it. And you're maybe here today, or you're maybe watching online, and you say, well, that, that's good. Yeah, I got needs, I got wants, but I've not developed my faith up to a point of receiving, of taking yet. Well, that's why you're in church today. That's why you're watching online. We got a a room full of people. We got a lot more people watching online that are ready to put their faith together with whatever faith you do have and believe God that He's going to get it to you. So, are you ready to pray the prayer of agreement right now? Expect. That's all faith is expecting the best. Father God, we agree together here. These are your sons and daughters are here putting our faith together. And there's people in the room, there's people watching online that have needs of you, that have wants of you, and we take hold of them in agreement with them right now. God, you're the perfect Father. You want us to live the same life as you do. Nothing lacking, nothing missing. We receive it. We receive it. Don't let anyone say they're weak. Let the weak say they are strong. Your faith is strong today. It's put together with everybody else's here. We receive it. In Jesus' name. And now, this afternoon, start putting action to what you're wanting, what you're believing God, what you asked him for. That's all God's looking for. He'll, he'll help you. He'll walk with you. But just put some action toward it. Well, God, thanks so much for coming to church today. Thanks for watching online. Uh, we got prayer counselors here. If you got individual prayer needs, these guys are, are here to pray the prayer of faith with you and receive from God. And then also, if uh, well, we got refreshments in back. Just love to have you... Uh, stick around and visit. We've got a beautiful patio out front. I think there's a nice breeze going. Um, uh, got so 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 stick around. Thanks for coming to church.